There's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight. Find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the Sunshine State or any other destination on your fishing bucket list. Book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids. With over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Hey, I'm Tyler. And I'm KC. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. What's happening, all my woods people? This is the Element Podcast brought to you by First Light. And my voice sounds really good today because I yelled at football practice You're a bunch a last rasp. night. I like it, you yeah. know? I've had that just like that depth, man, that yeah. comes from the diaphragm, you know? Sound like our buddy Brent Reeves a little <laughs> yeah. bit. You yeah. Know? You actually impersonated him earlier and it sounded pretty nice. I can do it, man. Yeah. If I just if I just yell a little bit. Uh, so we've been doing football practice and by the way, it's the hottest year ever. It's 105 degrees, right? Uh, every day, pretty much here. And dusty. We haven't had rain in like a month. Uh, conditions on the range are pretty pretty rough right now. Uh, but that's why football players are good from Texas that are from Texas. That's right, man. They, they, they grow up in the hot, dusty. One of many reasons. Stuff, you right know? now, in like at least in the <clears throat> UIL stuff, though, they're requiring them to cancel practice if the surface is such temperature or whatever. So I feel like those kids are just going to die on Friday nights instead of in practice. So I'm it's not kinda... sure. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure if you know this, but I think society's getting softer. I think they're getting a little soft, yeah. Um, I not don't, to I be mean, the tough old boys. There is, like, some level of, like, safety that is good, Yeah, you know, but, like. I know it happens, and there's some things that happen, you know, to yeah. people. It's, it is it is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, nobody's forcing them to play football. They're right. wanting to play, right? And, uh, it, and you know, it's just one of those things that pe- it could happen to anybody, right? Yeah. You just and never know. Honestly, if there's – I just feel like it's swinging too far. Yeah. If um, – this is a deer hunting podcast, by the way. But if you <laughs> um, if you don't train to perform to do the task that you are scheduled to do, when it gets to time for the task, you're not going to be 
good at it. You're going yeah. to fail, which rolls us right into what we're going to talk about there today. You Golly, go. Man, and it ain't even deer hunting, is it? Uh, no, it ain't even no, deer. We talking about deer hunting. We're deer talking about deer hunting a little bit. Deer yeah. hunting podcast, but we're talking about other things. Uh, yeah, so um, it's hot right now. And uh, we decided, if you listen to the last podcast, we were in, on location in New Mexico um, hunting Nuevo, Nuevo Mexico. Nuevo, uh-huh, huh? Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> we were hunting uh, antelope and uh, having a tough time. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more in detail about like some of the setups that we were using, some of our application, and some of the things we might change, and then what that looks like going forward this deer season if maybe some of our antelope experiences uh, change the way we think about archery setups or approach or whatever the the thought may be, you know, because really one of the things that you as a hunter should be doing every time you go hunting is to uh, take what you learn and apply it to the next go around. If you're not doing that, then you're missing out because it's going to help you kill deer or antelope or whatever else, right? You got a factoid over there. Yeah. The pronghorn antelope, according to Google, this is uh, as a result of a little over half a million results on Google can run 61 miles per hour. I've heard it said that it was a, it's the fastest land animal on earth. I've heard it say it's the second, second fastest animal on earth. Uh, fastest in North America for sure. Right here. It says second fastest land animal in the world. And then it says cheetah, 61 miles an hour. So I'm not sure if it was like 61.1. Dude, <laughs> throughout my life, there? I've heard a lot of different numbers for the cheetah speed. I have too. Like right there, it says cheetah's 50 to 80. I've yeah. heard 80. I've, I've heard even 70. heard 100 on cheetahs, and I, I never would believe There's that. There's no way, dude. Yeah. Like, their their paw might be moving 100 miles an hour, yeah. you know. But yeah. uh, Nolan Ryan can move his paw faster than that, and he's 65. So, um, <laughs> or however old he is. Um, you ever looked at that stuff, like at um, the way they uh, radar gun pitches and stuff? Yeah, they, they like, try to, like, actualize his, his speed. Yeah, he's doing, like, 106, 107 or something like I that. I heard 108. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, booking it because the way they they uh, the way that they gun picture pictures today is mm-hmm. different than the way they gunned them back then, and it's actually like if it was to if they were gunning them like it was today, it would be like one oh eight. Yeah, Chapman so. wouldn't have nothing on him. Dang dude, um, come on, dude. And Texas all Rangers, all, bro. With all that, no, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. He's yeah. a Texas Ranger. Don't be yeah. dissing him, dude. No, I'm not. I'm saying Ch- Chapman, or Aldous Chapman, any other really fast pitcher. Ranger. He ain't got nothing on. He's what? a Ranger. He's a Ranger I'm now? pretty sure. Is he not? Let's look this up. Brian, do you know about that? Are you a baseball player? Eric would know. Uh, yeah, if too bad he's not I up here. I thought he was a Mets guy or something. Texas Rangers. Look at oh, that. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Yep. Those are all Rangers. Yeah. Uh, I didn't realize he was a ba- uh, a pitcher for the Rangers. How about that? Yeah. Um, Anyways, uh, neither one of those guys could hit a antelope with a baseball. So, <laughs> even though they only run sixty, they no. are the fastest things alive. They are. Uh huh. So, uh, Tyler and I went to New Mexico with two fairly different setups, um, and we both have reasoning for that. I'll explain my setup as to what I hunted antelope with, and uh, then you go ahead after that. I have a SR three fifty which is a real fast bow, and I have a fairly heavy arrow for that, 137 grains, I believe, is what it ends up being, uh, total arrow weight. And I was shooting a big three-blade mechanical because antelope are fairly small animals, and you're not going to have any problem getting that thing through them, especially with the heavier arrow 
so I felt really good about my setup because I can hold those arrows in a really, really tight group, even at very long distance. Um, so I liked the way I was shooting that bow before I left. I also have a setup for really light arrows that I didn't shoot quite as well. And I was like, ah, I'm just going to take this one because I can just hit tax at like 60 with this thing. So that was my plan. I uh, headed out there. Tyler, what was your arrow setup? Um, I had uh, my arrows were 430 grain arrows with a 100 grain tip. So total arrow weight, 430. Yep. Yeah. And do you know what speed that was shooting? I don't. I'm trying to figure out if I can do it, if there's like a arrow uh, speed, speed calculator. calculator. There he is, but there it we might go. be hard to I'm find. Gonna, I'm going to try to calculate speed for you here real quick. Okay, so um, I'm shooting at like uh, 261, I think, is, is my arrow speed with my setup. And then Tyler's going to put his in here. Um, one arrow rate. Arrow weight's 430. We'll just... With no additional string weight. It's going to be a little bit off. That's not true. It cannot be. <laughs> I think yours was like think, 303 or something I think like that. that. I don't think it was that fast. I think 303 was uh, the, the fastest we could get that thing. I thought like we a, got it to like 327 or something no, like that. No, we got it to th 303 was, I think, the fastest we could get it with like a super light arrow. Mm -hmm. I would imagine it was in the upper 290s or something like that maybe, mid-290s. Yeah. So, um, but you you may be right. I just I feel like that was like as fast as we could get it. So that because isn't there there's a picture we have that says three hundred three on the on the, on the thumbnail. Thing. Yeah, we we used a we used a light light arrow. Let's see in that. Um, so anyway, that I would assume I'm shooting like I don't know two ninety five because I can shoot another seventy grains. I could shoot two eighty two. We got that one a three forty five. That super light one. Really? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was three hundred three. We should have shot that. So, I'll, yeah, for real, <laughs> eighty-five dude. grains. Tell you what, smoke. Uh, oh, that is what we did, mm -hmm. isn't it? Yep, that's that's right. It was like a three hundred fifty grain total air weight or something yeah. like that. Um, so Maybe I, I'm probably shooting like three hundred three, um, like Casey said. Um, so quite a bit faster than what he's shooting, and uh, I, I shoot a, also like another inch, I think, draw right mm -hmm. or, or half, so, I think, half inch. Yeah. Um, so, so you shoot a pretty fast setup. Yeah, it's pretty fast. SR three fifty two. That's what I've, I've been shooting. Um, which I think I'm going to go away from that this year going forward. Um, Spooky. But anyway, that that was my setup. Mm -hmm. And how do you feel about your setup? Let's 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 lay it on the table here. Um, we took some shots at Antelope, right? Yeah. And we did. how do you feel about how your setup performed while taking shots at Antelope? Uh, I don't know. My setup was fine. I think. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, it's it's hard to say. I can't place any blame on my setup. I don't think. What do you think went wrong? Uh, <clears throat> if something went wrong, um, in if you missed an antelope, I missed two antelope. Okay. And um, I think the main issue is getting an accurate range more mm -hmm. than anything. Um, was so, it? What what caused you range issues? The fact that you're um, you've been to Antarctica, probably I not. Mm -hmm. uh, if you were to stick your head up above the snow, that you could probably be see that penguin would see you from a long <laughs> ways. <right>? Always off. <laughs> that's where that's what I felt like I was doing out there. It was like Antarctica, but uh, I don't know, 100 degrees hotter, and maybe more than that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe more. 
<laughs> and it was like every time you set you you set up, you got seen if you set up high enough to range. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to range between grass and you're hitting grass. That's the, that's the whole issue with ground hunting in the whitetail. You know, we've talked about it a bunch. We don't love whitetail hunting on the ground. We do it some because it's kind of what gives us a chance. But at the end of the day, it just is so hard to get a range without getting caught. That's clear and unobstructed. And so you just don't know if you're hitting a piece of grass that's mm-hmm. five yards in front of that thing or 10 yards behind it or whatever a lot of times. And then at that point, if you've been seen, then it's like, oh, well, he's looking at me. I get drawn. Now, um, based off of what we might have seen previous, these things are going to jump the string mm-hmm. bad. So I shoot low. Every once in a while, they wouldn't jump the string. Dude, it's like the, half the time, I think. They're the weirdest things yep. ever, dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they, they're they going to jump the string a lot. And I think you you add, you know, some, some – for you, you know, I'm just – I'll let you talk about it more, but like you kind of progressively made your way down until all of a sudden it, you were surprised that that wasn't happening. But yeah. it's like I decided basically uh, pretty, let's see, my second shot, I decided I'm shooting way low because I've seen, we have footage of these shots and these things are jumping the string, like no doubt. And so I, I go to shoot low and here's what happened. I'll just tell the story of what happened real quick. Essentially, <clears throat> we had like a pattern going. So we go in in the morning, <clears throat> and there's a cedar tree that, or a few cedar trees we can kind of sit in, uh, and hope these things come right back by us the next day. I'd already had, I'd already had this group at 59 yards, but I couldn't. Long story short, I couldn't get them accurately ranged confidently. I had a 59 yard range amongst about 20 that were in the 18 to 21 yard range or so. So I was just hitting a bunch of. A bunch of grass, you know what I mean? And and struggling to get ranges. I hit a 59 um, as the antelope was facing away, and I just didn't feel confident, so I didn't take the shot. They went past the cedar trees. The next morning, we go down there, get in the cedar trees. As soon as it's getting light, I see them. They get to 90 and mill around. These three bucks mill around for a while. And I see one come out uh, the other side of the drainage pretty close. By the time I had seen him, it was too late. He was going like a, behind this little hill at probably 60 yards or so. So I was like, okay, we'll just, we're standing still. I told Michael he was there. These three are just milling around for like 15 minutes, and then all of a sudden they just get on their horse and start walking fast through the draw and back up to the side. By the time I can get them ranged in my gap, all three of them are like fairly broadside. At 55, I range the closest one at 55. And they um, there's another tree, so they get kind of through my gap, when, when they get to the other tree, I draw my bow thinking, you know, I probably need to do it now so I can get a shot. Otherwise, they're just going to get behind this thing. And I, so I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to get caught. Well, I draw, and the closest one, like that's still broadside for some time, he kind of just looks over because I think my release or something made some noise. And so he looks over but almost didn't even stop. He just, like, kind of continues walking. He's like, stutters for a second and then keeps walking. And I'm like, please stop. Like, surely they're going to feed, right? They're going to stop. They've been feeding for 15 minutes in the same spot at 90 yards. He doesn't stop. Well, the other two do stop. But they're, like, kind of getting over the ridge on the backside. And I'm still thinking 55 because I thought they were coming in a line. But And just, you know, all this happened so fast. Mm-hmm. But then – so I'm thinking 55 – and so I'm shooting my 50-yard pin, and I'm thinking low, too, because they're jumping the string really bad so far. And essentially, 
um, I'm following that guy. He goes behind the hill and never stops. So I tell Michael, I'm like, middle one, middle one. And I'm like thinking about which one do I shoot here? He's kind of facing me a little bit, middle one. And I hold below his chest, basically like in the grass as he's going over the hill. It's going to lob up over, right? And I shoot and it looks like money. I mean, it's going just dead nuts where I want it to. It's going straight at his chest, man. And uh, it gets kind of over the hill and I can't see it. And I, I mean, I didn't hear it hit. So I don't know what happened. The footage is the same way from the same perspective. Like we have the arrow flight all the way till it kind of goes behind the grass that's kind of on top of the hill and, and sinks to him and, I mean, I just can't, like, I can see most of his chest in my mind's eye, and I can see it going right there. And the only thing I can think is I held 50 below his chest. He was actually at 60, probably, and I was thinking 55. And it, it, I also, we were in the shadows, and the sun was in their eyes. I don't think they knew we were there. No, I don't think so. I think they heard a weird noise and were just like, ah, what's that? And then they were fixing to just go back to feeding Mm -hmm. or whatever. And so I don't, I don't think they jumped a string, and so I just had no help. I think I just shot under him. I'm pretty sure that's what happened. So I never yeah. found my arrow or anything, but, I mean, I knew immediately that there was no no hit. So that was my that was actually my last shot. My other shot was a very similar situation where the antelope knew I was there. They pretty much know you're there almost every time you shoot mm-hmm. at them. And just I ended up getting ducked in that situation. So I uh, I'm not going to tell people how many times I shot because it's going to remain a mystery until you watch the video. Um <laughs> But it was more than Tyler is what I shot. <laughs> um, I had uh, a few more opportunities, and I also like tried some follow up shots and different things that were just to no avail. It's kind well, of dumb. But you were on the stalking game, dude. Yeah. You were doing it, man. I, uh, well, kind of doing it. If doing it means like spooking them, <laughs> I, I was mean, doing that. You're getting the, shots. The uh, you're getting conservative shots, play. And here's the problem: is like I, I, we both are like just. The way we are is fairly conservative individuals, but um, in this situation, I was pushing it a little bit more than you were because you kind of had like a good spot that you knew would yeah. work if you if you let it do its thing. I was just like, well, I know where some antelope are, and there's not really a great spot, so I'm just going to try to go stalk them, which produces shots. However, we don't have any conclusion as to which one works better at this mm. point in time. So I don't know, but um, the first day. I did get a shot at an antelope, and I was like, oh, I'm going to kill these things because I got a shot at 50 yards. It was a couple antelope in a group, and they acted like kind of weird. They like were got curious about what we were after we spooked them uh, trying to stalk, so they ran up to us. And again, I was having a hard time getting a precise yardage because I would click. You know, I had my, my hand on my riser, right, <clears throat> and I had my rangefinder right here, click, and i go to loop on, and they'd move. Like, they mm-hmm. just constantly – they're almost like a, uh, a trout in the water. Like, they're just constantly moving around. You know, they're hardly ever just, like, in one spot. So, they just, like, are very fluid in what they do, especially when there's a group, right? When there's one, they'll just kind of stand up and look at you, but they usually stand up, like, 80 or 90 yards away, so you don't really get an opportunity at those. Yeah. But, like, the group, the, it seems as if sometimes you get a better opportunity in groups than you do singles, uh, but it's tough. Either way um, – I got a shot there, and I thought that my uh, sight was on 51, and ends up I had it set to 53. You know, I have a rolling sight. I have a, a double vertical pin, and my top sight was set to 53. 
I knew I needed to aim low because I thought the animals were around 50. So I aimed a little low and ends up I missed like probably an inch over the back. I mean, it was so close. And in retrospect, the mistake was that I didn't aim low enough for what my pin was set to. Because you just cannot adjust that pin fast enough. But at the same time, if you don't have an adjustable sight, you just have usually 20, 30, 40, right? Like you're going to have to pin gap anyways by the way if you're going antelope hunting you got to have at least a 50 otherwise you're not going to get shots um I mean, unless serious. you're unless you're sitting water in a blind and yeah. this is something we probably should talk about is like we didn't want that situation really we wanted to stalk these things i'm just i don't i don't even sit all day for a big whitetail like i'm not gonna sit for a long time I, at for a pronghorn i would have done it but we didn't really see them like conclusively hitting water like the often. ranch there at the house, where that pond. Well, were they actually drinking water, or were they just eating they the grass every behind day. it? I don't know. They were there every day, though. I think they were just eating the grass behind it. So, like, <clears throat> I personally, I never saw an antelope put lip to water the whole time we were on well, the trip. I guess I'm not saying necessarily water, but sitting something that they're going to do consistently yeah. in a blind. You could get you could get closer than fifty in that situation. You just, I didn't want to sit in a blind. Period. And so, we didn't really have one. Yeah, we didn't bring one. I brought a I ghost bet, blind, yeah. which we used, and it was pretty effective. Yeah. but we I bet there was one around, but we didn't bring one. Yeah. Um, Talk about a good way to get cooked. That's I say, that that's thing. another reason. I didn't. I just didn't want to do it. Like, I mean, the shade would have been great, but at the same time, you're not getting much wind. So it's, uh, it's kind of like what they say, six one way, half dozen the other. You know, it's like. J.O. said ten one way, half dozen the other one time ten. while we were out there. <laughs> ten, huh? I, it's like. I mean, I'm sure it's just the way he's heard it, but I was like, that doesn't actually convey the thought you're trying to make it convey. <laughs> Unless I misunderstood him, I might have, but yeah. that's, that's what I thought he said. I was like, that's kind of weird. Yeah. I might start saying it just to mess with people. <laughs> that's probably what he's doing to me, man. Probably right, yeah. man. Just yeah. messing with you. I, I don't guarantee know. you. That's, but I, I wasn't trying to cut you. I was just trying to make the point that like you could get, you could get shots under 50 if you if you hunted in a stationary spot. I think, too. But spot and stalk, man, it's, like, almost impossible to do that, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, there's a few little places that you might have could have. And, and I... Also different. There's going to be, like, different country that has, yeah. like, sage and stuff. But and this, we had no sage no at sage. all. I mean, it's just, like, a foot of grass. You if know what you're I mean? doing good. Yeah. Some of the grass is pretty tall. And, like, when I say that, I mean, like, 14, 15 inches, so you could belly crawl and be hidden. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a lot of it was seven or eight inches tall. Yeah. And, and you, you, you might have some elevation, but then you mm-hmm. get to 150 yards, you're like, I can't do anything at oh, this point. Oh, dude, I had bloody knees, and it was terrible. I did fit fine. Like, we did a stalk one time. I didn't get a shot on. Uh, I was trying to actually get within 50, and I thought I could do it. I had a yucca at, like, that was going to be, like, 45 yards from the, the antelope, and I was like, he's dead, he's dead, he's dead. Well, I was like three yards from the yucca. He stands up and runs off, right? But we barely crawled. Long buck? Yeah. Mm, they just do it. They just stand up. They do. Mm-hmm. If that, That's another thing. If you're stalking a lone buck, it is completely a different deal than stalking some a group of them because mm-hmm. they just completely like wash out and don't think about anything when they're when they have other guys watching for them or other girls watching for them. But when they're by themselves, they're freaked out. Yeah. 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 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. If you're confused about what part you need, like what wipers are going to be the best, what replacement headlights are going to be the best, go into O'Reilly and talk to the people that work there because they're great and they're super friendly and they'll get you squared away where you walk out knowing you got the right thing. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. Do you need your windshield wipers replaced? you need a brake light fixed? you need some quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. You ever get that feeling you're stuck inside staring at screens and a primal urge kicks in? You crave wide open spaces, fresh air, the chance to connect with the land? Well, maybe it's time to find your own piece of the wild, but searching for property can be a maze. That's where land.com comes in. They got millions of listings across the country, from mountain ranches to hidden fishing holes. Their search tools are like a seasoned guide helping you narrow down what you want. Land.com isn't just about buying and selling. It's about finding a place to hunt, fish, explore, or simply sit by a campfire and listen to the crickets. So head over to land.com today to turn one day into today because trust me there's nothing quite like the feeling of standing on your own piece of earth there's nothing like snook hook sets at dawn or catching a tarpon in the moonlight find your next fishing trip made easy on fishingbooker.com and experience the magic of the sunshine state or any other destination on your fishing bucket list book a blue water adventure in search of sailfish or go snapper fishing with the kids with over 6,000 captains and trips to choose from, planning your next one just got a whole lot easier. Download the Fishing Booker app on the Google Play or App Store or visit them online at fishingbooker.com to book your trip today. Yeah, they like have this thing where they just have an internal clock mm-hmm. where they sit there for 20 minutes and they say, I haven't looked this way. And they look back or whatever. <laughs> like they just know mm-hmm. to check every direction. And then the inverse goes whenever you have the group like you're talking about. to Not to be mean about antelope. I'm just going to try to say this in a nicer way than how I really feel. <laughs> um, they are not the brightest animals. They they don't seem that way to me at least. I, I think that whitetail are way smarter than antelope is, and elk too. But antelope have probably better eyesight than humans. I don't know. I was, but I feel like too. They they pick like if you come over a ridge at a mile and your skyline, they will be looking at you. I guarantee you, it's the wildest thing. Yeah. People have said this. I I thought it was just a cliche, mm-hmm. but. I, I I truly thought, well, they're going to be just like a whitetail. It's mm-hmm. going to be, I mean, a whitetail can see great. You can get away with some stuff, you though. know, but you can get away mm-hmm. with some stuff. But like, they're going to be like a whitetail. They see great. They see people walking around looking like sasquatches out there. But I legit think they see better than a whitetail mm-hmm. for sure. I, and I don't know. A lot of the stuff might be Hollywood, 
and it all goes back to like that T-Rex thing from Jurassic Park. But like, I feel like it's the movement. Like they, if something moves at all, they, they've got it. Mm -hmm. Now there was times when I was like pretty close to some does and stuff. And if you're dead calm still, they, they kind of ignore you. Mm -hmm. It, but you know, it makes sense too, as a plains animal, Things that are still don't really cause you a lot of issue because you can see for a long ways. Mm -hmm. So when something's moving towards you, like they're going to pick it up. Yeah. Anyways, I feel as if antelope in a group do what the the one that's doing something, the other ones follow it. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes, the one that's doing something is not making the best choice. Yeah. It's actually the one that's kind of trying to die. Yeah. And maybe there's like a survival aspect to that of like we're going to, you know, they're not thinking this way, but the the way it works is like they keep the other one alive by also joining in with it and making up for what it lacks, you mm -hmm. know, or whatever, which when you're hunting them actually plays into your hand pretty good. Mm -hmm. All that to say, uh, if one of them's going to stop, the whole group's going to stop. If one of them, it's like blackbirds in the sky when they're doing that thing. What's it called? Do you remember that fancy name when they're like undulating or whatever and doing the, the blackbird cloud? I don't know. I'm glad you got your computer here. Yeah, uh, just look blackbird swarm, see what it's called. Um, but that's kind of how antelope operate. One of them takes off, they're all going to follow it. And if you see one go a direction you don't want it to, it's over. They're all going to fall, even if they're not pointed that way right now. Every once in a while, that one will turn back. But usually, the whole group will go where that one goes. Murmuration? Murmuration. Not undulation, but murmuration. That's mm -hmm. it. Um, so... Uh, that can play into your hand pretty good on a stalk. And it actually, a different stalk that I went on that I had a miss on was a buck that we were pretty familiar with. These things are kind of cool. They like... They're have, super cool. They have like a range, kind of like whitetail do. But it's it's much more identifiable by physical like land features, right? Where uh, there will be like this little valley that that's where that buck lives. And some days you'll have does with him, some days he won't. And or like there'll be like a fenced pasture, you know, a pasture out there is is like a compartment, uh, and there'll be three bucks that live in that compartment, and they might leave every once in a while, but for the most part, you're going to see them almost every day in that compartment. Um, getting close to him's hard, <laughs> but we had one that we were real familiar with. We called him Heart Shape, which is uh, kind of like a little bit of a joke because they kind of tend to have a heart shaped top rack <laughs> all of them but um, <laughs> he really did he, he he hooked in real hard and he was he's the real, first real tight narrow yeah. and heavy he's pretty yeah. and first antelope we saw i think mm -hmm. on the trip we were driving in uh the day before the season and saw him like in the road ditch and we were like oh we're about to kill him yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh it's easy man it's, uh, yeah <laughs> well little do you know in the truck stops they run away yeah. um it's funny how it works um but uh like two-thirds of the way through the hunt, I actually got an opportunity at Heart Shape. We were both kind of trying to make moves and ambush this guy. I was kind of out in the middle, and you were kind of on an escape route that we knew they used often, and um, they ended up busting kind of up above me, up the hill, and I had like a wash to walk in. It was actually really awesome. Uh, this is like... It's not even like a creek bottom. It's like a big old deep wash where it just made a gully. And you mm -hmm. could walk around it and they were undetected. Um, and we snuck up to a spot and they fed around. So like they ran like 300 yards up after they got spooked and just went to feeding again uh, because one of them wanted to eat. So they're like, oh, okay, I guess we can eat, you know. Mm -hmm. And and um, <clears throat> this buck worked to 61 yards, which I was like, I've got this so good. And he was quartering to me and I drew back. He looked at his does because they were looking at me, mm -hmm. which I was like, oh, he's going to be pretty calm. He's not even looking at me, you know. And I aimed kind of low, aimed like right at the bottom of his chest, thinking he was going to dip out, and I was just going to hammer him. Well, 
he came out of his skin and wasn't there when my arrow got there. <laughs> you know, like they're so fast. Absolutely, just I mean, he literally. You can look it in the footage. He was like two foot to the right of my arrow, and my arrow is tracking good until he he freaks out. And I think it goes back to their seeing. They're not hearing the bow. They're seeing it go off. They're seeing the air on the air or something. They have a really good reaction time on Dude, that stuff. I, and that that's another thing. They, I mean, they are not just straightaway speed fast. Mm-hmm. They are quick fast. Yeah. Like, They're it, it. it would blow my mind, actually, how fast they could pretty much get to top speed. Mm-hmm. You know, like their oh, yeah. acceleration is so fast. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't believe it, and really, And it is man. weird, too, because... Um, you know how like sprinters get down into the stance mm-hmm. to accelerate. Like mm-hmm. pronghorn don't like dip down to it's go like, fast. Pow. They just are there. Yeah, They're just they, going. they get going. And they also like are gyroscopic when they run. Yeah, if you watch an antelope run across the prairie, their their heads do not move. Their bodies don't move, and their their legs are like absorbing all the terrain mm-hmm. changes. It's mm-hmm. they're like they're cool, man. Yeah, they are but cool, man. I tell that story to tell the story. I can't remember. Oh. Later on in the hunt, I have a very similar situation. Stalk up on a buck with a bunch of does. Uh, this is um, like right at last light. Again, they don't see very good in the lower light stuff or when the sun is behind you. So you mm-hmm. get away with a lot more stuff then. Um, long story short, I stalk up in this with this buck and his does. Uh, he ends up kind of looping out around him. I don't have a good shot. I don't have a good range. It's like 75 and he's kind of behind some stuff. I'm like, no, I'm not taking that shot. He spooks off. I give him a whole bunch of, which is um, like the way to challenge him or something. I don't know. We were kind of operating on the fly with the calling, but it's like spook and challenge at the same time. It's like a, Hey, look at me. You know, it's kind of pretty much what it is. Well, with that, the does all hooked back around and ran back to me there because they were interested in what I had been saying, I guess. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, um, he runs up. And then kind of loops back out, and I get another good range on him at 61 again. 61 was like a funny spot for me. Uh, I, I dial my Happens pin. to be the miles per hour. That's right. Can run. <laughs> it is. That's funny. Uh, uh, I roll my pin to the right spot and draw back, and he is quartering two, uh, but at a different angle, he's quartering to, I guess you'd say, the left. Um, so I'm like, okay, he's going to wheel out as they do kind of away, mm-hmm. right? So I aim point of his shoulder, thinking I'm going to smoke him. And what does he do? Not a thing. <laughs> does not move one muscle the whole time. And my arrow goes past him. And then he kind of freaks out because my arrow, like, hits the ground right beside him. And uh, he kicks up a bunch of just like, oh, did I hit him? And I, like, put my rangefinder up to look at him tighter and no blood, nothing. Just completely missed him. So... They're like just very unpredictable with they the way are. they're going to jump and stuff. They and are. That's that's the difficult thing. You know, we talked to a buddy of ours that, and he was he was a little hyperbolic, but he said he had bow hunted pronghorn for years and had like twenty misses mm-hmm. and hadn't killed one yet with a bow. And I think it was more like ten when we kind of we we're like, really? And he was like, no, not not twenty, but like a, probably ten or more. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that. That gave me some confidence that, like, we're not just, you know, greenhorn yeah. jokes here. We oh. are greenhorn, but, like, in the antelope game, but, you know, as far as shooting stuff mm-hmm. and, and shooting deer and stuff, it, you know, we have some experience here. We talk just to like, people in town, too. It's just wild, man, oh. how fast they are and how yeah. – unpre- they are the weirdest animal I've ever hunted, probably. They, they don't do hardly anything that makes sense. You can't – you know, we talked about – you talked about the, the me setting up on an exit route. Mm-hmm. Dude – 
There, I mean, one of thirty. Yeah, I mean, literally, <laughs> like the the thing is with a whitetail, you could get on an exit route down by a creek, right? And that deer might come running down the creek or down into the draw, right? He's probably not going to run across the top unless he's bad spooked or needs to get to the next draw. These things will just run around on the tops. They'll run in the bottoms. Mm-hmm. They'll run mid level, whatever. They'll go up a cliff know? face. Yeah, I mean, and not they cliff, see, but like a real steep thing yeah. that you think they're going to go around. No, and they can see so well that they just don't really care where they run as long mm-hmm. as they're running away from you in a direction mm-hmm. away from you. You know, uh, we talked some people in town a little bit. They were also hunting. You know, it's like it's antelope season for mm-hmm. archery. You know, so everybody you see is hunting antelope, and that's it because that's the only thing that's going on. And, uh, you know, you'd be like, yeah, man, how'd your morning go? Oh, I messed it up at 80, missed. And it's like, okay, well, we're not the only ones that can't get close <laughs> yeah, to these yeah. things, you know? It gives you a little, it yeah. makes you feel a little better because you feel like when you're out there, well, man, are we doing this right? Are we mm-hmm. doing, or should we not even be doing this or that or whatever? And, you know, you worry about what uh, people on video, on the video platforms are going to think about you. You know, you don't want to make a bad example of what, you know, you're trying to do. And then you realize in town and talking to some of your buddies on the phone that like have done it before that uh, you pretty much are just the, the status quo. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like yeah, you're doing what, what you, everybody else And that's done. what uh, kind of hurts a little bit is I like to fancy myself being an all right hunter, as mm-hmm. a lot of us do, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm definitely like average or below when it comes to antelope hunting you know yep. so that's like oh that one kind of stings a little yeah. bit oh so, it's a way to get humbled man real yeah. quick and i think i think it's uh you know potentially bad and also potentially really good for you going into deer season where it hurts there's a couple of things it's like the the bad potential is mm-hmm. like all of a sudden you don't have confidence in your shooting your question every shot that you take at deer yeah. this year even 20 yarders or whatever and then the potential good is is that you go you know what um, I'm not quite as good at this thing as I think I am, so I'm going to work hard to get better at it, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and then that in, ends up getting you maybe closer shots in the in deer season, and yeah. you're more successful. So. I think that one of my things for sure I realize is that range makes a lot more difference the further away it is. Like you can't mm-hmm. think, and I, I've been this guy that thinks like, oh, I can kill white till seventy yards, not a big deal, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, the difference in seventy and seventy one is probably like four or five inches. So, like, I'm not saying I'm going to take that shot, but I'm, I, I, it's like a facsimile of the, the concept that, man, don't <laughs> – if you got a white tail at 38 and it takes a couple steps, like, it's probably worth, if you got the time, just go ahead and hit him again. Make I'm sure you, it's on. Um, remember a few years ago on some Texas public – uh, I had a crazy cool day, but I ended up shooting. I like skinned the the hair off of a deer um, that came in behind a doe, and I had ranged a spot, but I ended up shooting him for like it's. It was in the. I think he was like forty. I shot him for like thirty six. So there's like a four yard difference there. I probably, you know, mm. here's the thing: is like, I, it may dude, be, I was sitting here trying to think about what deer. Of, uh, no, <laughs> you killed that night. I killed that night. Yeah, yeah. But this one I didn't kill, and I was real sad. <laughs> oh, dude. so sad. <laughs> um, but you think about the, this: like, if it's a two inch difference uh-huh. in, in four yards there, or whatever, mm-hmm. or three inch difference, and then say on top of that, I shoot a little high, or mm-hmm. I aim a little high, or whatever, two or three inches. That's f- maybe five inches. Mm-hmm. That's the difference in like at least spining that deer mm-hmm. and just taking the hair off of them. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I mean, it's it's the difference in, in finding a deer and killing that deer. And so, it really like what you're saying. Even even under forty yards, like it does, it does. It's important, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, I think I probably 
was a little more worried about ranges back then and still even that at that What's time. What's funny is that, well, then you're shooting heavy arrows, but before that, you're shooting pretty light setups. Yeah. And the heavier your arrow is, this is this is definitely the drawback with, with antelope, is that the heavy arrow is not the way to go, right? <laughs> and so and there is, you have to kind of judge your quarry by or judge your arrow set up by what core you're going to pursue. If you're shooting, you know, an arrow in the 400s for whitetail, it doesn't affect as much. If you're one of those heavy arrow type guys, the two yards makes a huge difference, Yeah, you know? And, and that's well, going to be the same thing with a like a re- recurve or whatever, too. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, it's a huge amount of difference when you're shooting a slow speed and a heavier arrow. Yeah, and we did, we did some, like, quick just kind of redneck math on one of your longer shots. We were able to review the footage really well because mm-hmm. it was primo, you know. And uh, we figured out that, like, if he'd have been shooting my arrow set up or that weight, right, that the arrow would have been, like, another – at that distance would have been seven feet ahead. and Like faster. Get to the target faster. Yeah, it would have been – Like, like when you're arrow, watching sprinters going down a track – when the guy's beating another guy by seven foot, yeah. that's what it would be like. Yeah. yeah. So essentially, when my arrow would be hitting, yours is still seven feet back, mm-hmm. and and you know the difference maybe in a spine shot on mm-hmm. a, on a deer that you or an antelope you take the hair off of or whatever mm-hmm. you know. So it's just, I mean, obviously we could sit here and talk about this stuff over and over and over again. At the end of the day, man, uh, God's gonna you know will everything you want that He wants you to actually take off the earth. You know what I mean? So. Um, I was looking at um, our buddy Hunter um, shot a deer in South Dakota. Really cool video that we were. Wa- I was watching the other day. Uh, I think Monday, and you know when you look at where the arrow hits that deer, it was low. And I kind of wonder. I, I and I hadn't even talked to Hunter about this, but I kind of wonder if that deer was actually a little bit further than Hunter thought because I think mm-hmm. he shot his thirty yard pin, mm-hmm. and, I, and I have a feeling he's a little bit further. And but it, because the deer was real amped up, he dropped really far. And then we all know if you've watched it, you know that like we were not very sure about that. Oh, and, I did not think he killed him. Yeah, and it was deader than a doorknob, yeah. dude. That thing died on video. He's I mean, stiff. you can hear him. You know, you can hear him crash. And uh, and so it was just it's one of those deals where like and he was just he was so thankful. You know, he'd been praying about it a lot. But it is one of those things like. Dude, you can mess it up, and it, and sometimes it just works out for you. That's right, You know man. what I mean? So That's true. You try to do the best you can, and I, I do think I'm with you on this, man. Like, and I shot the the I shot the the lighter arrow setup. I think for antelope, it's the way to go. I mean, right here on on what we were looking at on Wikipedia or Google or whatever earlier, it says that the average mass for a male adult pronghorn is 88 to 140 pounds, which is not a mass measurement, so, by the way. So, that's yeah, a, it's that's a, a weight, weight measurement. <laughs> yeah. Um, so those that, but that. Um, that being said, the biggest ever is 140 pounds. The bigger ones. We were not shooting at the 140 pounders, right? Yeah. I mean, we're not shooting at the shacks of the of the antelope. More than likely, you know. We're probably shooting at like a 110 pound animal. 110, 120, maybe 130 if you had a monster, Mm -hmm. which there were some nice ones around. But um, yeah, I mean, I think that like that being said, a 400 uh, 30 grain arrow is going to do the job pretty Mm -hmm. much everywhere you hit that thing, you know. So. I think it is the way to go, man. Oh, absolutely. You know? And I think that, too, um, I, I'm i not going to probably change, but at least the thought kind of runs through my head of, like, do I really need 535? Or I would like to actually do the, the test the difference in 500 and 535, like that 500-grain spot. For antelope? No, just to see what the 
the drop is. You okay, know, like yeah. the difference. In, you know, because before we left, I tested and I ranged the target at 50, 50 yards, took a step back to 51, and it was three inches. That's what I was getting. Roundabout, you know. But uh, so I wonder if you take the 35 grains off or whatever it is, if it tightens it up a little bit more. It should be – shouldn't there be like almost like an exponential factor where um, – when you have a lighter arrow, you're shooting a faster arrow mm-hmm. out to a certain distance, maybe because that lighter arrow will start to lose momentum. Right, it's way out there, so, though. but yeah. it's pretty far. So, like, say at fifty, you're you're you have a lighter arrow, so it's going faster, which is going to uh, have a flatter trajectory, mm-hmm. and gravity's also working less at the same time, right? So, because well, I think that the gravity's still what's what's playing in your first thing too. Gravity's uh, what's making it drop. Yeah, but the speed also, right? So a slower speed would would make well, the slower speed just gives gravity more time to work on it. Okay, so I think it's the that same makes sense. same fact. Okay, but but it, it's, it's, it's the it is a good point that you're making. It's like if the arrow is in the in the air less time, then gravity has less time to work on it. Mm. It's just the way that's yeah. why arrows fall, right? Yeah, um, that and drag, which drag is kind of pretty constant for most arrows. Um, but yeah. I, I, I mean, I'm thinking about that for like whitetail or maybe elk, especially where I mean, there's a lot of elk that are killed with 440, 450 grain arrows. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of like the elk hunters that we watch and know that kill a lot of them, they kill them with lighter mm-hmm. arrows. Uh, I've killed elk with a 430 grain arrow. And I've killed an elk with a 470 grain arrow. I've killed an elk with a Five thirty. Five thirty-five. Yeah, yeah. So they'll all kill them. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's just like to what um, lethality do you want to? Well, I guess it's all lethality. Um, the hard hitting aspect. How much do you care about that versus being accurate? Uh, because at that things at forty-seven instead mm. of forty-five. Dude, I think I mean it's this I, is like you, you have to balance everything right. in That's life, right. man. That's right. Like life, it doesn't matter if you're talking about, you know, honestly, like you could uh if you don't balance drinking alcohol, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you're gonna be in trouble. You're mm-hmm. gonna find yourself in trouble. You know what I mean? If you and, and that's one that's like a negative kind of context thing. If you don't balance um uh, like say you're a, a little league baseball coach and you practice five days a week. If you don't balance that, yeah, I mean, you're not doing. I mean, you just you can't just pour in like that, man. That's mm-hmm. just too much, right? Everything has to have some sort of. There's going to be things that weigh a little heavier on each side, but you got to try to balance this stuff. And it's the same thing with this. It's like, man, at what point uh, do I get the best results in accuracy that I maybe almost can't even shoot the difference in, like we talk about. Versus, like, also having the momentum we need to get through these things, you mm-hmm. know. And I think that there's also the broader point of you could just figure out a way to be a better hunter and get closer and not have to mess with it too much. Yeah. And I think with you know whitetail, we try to do that. I mean, I love taking 14 yard shots because oh. it feels pretty good, dude. I made right? a target of 20 yesterday, mm-hmm. and I was like. That's got to be like 14 yards. You <laughs> That's, know right. That's like so close, mouth, right? man. Yeah. Like, please give me a 20-yard shot this year. And then, but antelope, I guess, is is that. We can either figure out how to be more accurate or we can figure out how to just get closer for more uh, probable kills. I'm not sure if I'm getting any closer because my, I mean, who knows. My knee was not feeling good on this trip, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, 
It's I just seen. I mean, so you, you tell it, me it could, it could happen. You it might happen. Uh, kill one with lead instead of steel next time, dude. <laughs> Give me all that. <laughs> Give me all that, dude. It would be fun to go shoot one with a gun. I, I mean, I know, and honestly, guys, I love it both. It's just there, there probably ain't another animal except for like a duck, right? <laughs> but like, there ain't another furry animal that uh, the rifle hunt versus the archery hunt is is such a polar opposite. Mm-hmm. Like, you could just walk, or not probably probably ride around. In the truck and pick which one you want to shoot. Oh, for sure. And just shoot him. Dude, just hop into the road ditch It'd pretty be much, fun. right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know how legal that is, but like that's well, something that could be done. If you're on the property, but well, yeah, legal. if you're on a two track, yeah. I mean, yeah. So um but with the with the bow, it's like it's the hardest hunt I've ever done. Like I said. Yeah. You know, so it's difficult. But that's pronghorn, man. It's so fun. What are you what are you gonna are you gonna change your setup this season? You're talking about maybe going a little bit Lighter, thirty grains or so. I've got, I've you, got the the arrows to do it. If I wanted to change my sight tape and stuff, yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, you're still gonna shoot the SR three fifty all year. You think? Yeah, like yeah. a fast bow. I I'll guess shoot the fast bow. Yep. I uh, I think, man, I don't know. I think I'm just gonna stick with what I got. Uh, but for antelope, I would change a turkey for sure. I'm gonna change. Yeah. Uh, shooting a blowgun at turkey. That's right. <laughs> if we even have to shoot a bow at a turkey, sometimes they make you. But otherwise, I'm shooting a gun. I like yeah. to make them die. Me too. Uh, but uh, I just because the other animals we're hunting are mostly bigger bodied, I will probably continue shooting the bigger arrow because mm-hmm. also you get a little bit more flexibility. Like with a, a elk, I mean, you got vitals that are bigger than a five gallon bucket, right? You know, like yep. if you're off three inches on an elk, you still hit long. It's a long shot still, even if you were going to hit the lungs mm-hmm. on the other spot. Mm-hmm. Where antelope, if you're off three inches, it's the difference in the vitals and missing the animal. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's a, that's another huge part too. But you know, maybe for some of the maybe like in December, I might look at because we'll be you know mostly in the south then. I might think about switching to the 500 grain. I'll be hunting some 120 pound deer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Big bucks that are 120. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I, for me, you know, I, I actually started shooting a new bow when I got home, uh, or it's a bow that I've shot. So I actually shot a pig, or shot at a pig, in June, I think it was, and uh, I I missed him high, right over the back, and I was it was like 30 yards. I was super surprised, right. So then I go home, and the next day I get up and I shoot, and it's, my bow is shooting super low. And I'm like, and it's like, it's for sure off, right? And I'm just like, that doesn't make sense at all, <laughs> dude. I'm like, this is dumb. Something's wrong with my bow for sure. But, like, I thought tuning issue or what's going on. So, anyway, I just, like, chunked it, shot, started shooting that, that uh, uh, lighter arrow for, for the antelope, and I just practice, practice, practice with that bow setup. So I get done with that antelope hunt. I come home, like, I want to – test this arrow out or this this setup up out again because this is my 500 grain arrow that i shot last year that's going through this bow so i was like i'm gonna shoot this ladder uh through paper and try to see if it's tuned well i shoot it twice it seems pretty tuned for just a redneck tune job right um and so i dish that i go to 20 and i shoot and it's shooting low and I'm like, man, something's wrong with this. And I don't know why, but I looked at it. And I don't really do this much, but like, I kind of grabbed the sight, and like, I just kind of like barely pull, pulled on it, and it like slid the whole way down, like Mm-mm. almost out of the sight, you know, Mm-mm. vertical. And so I was like, oh snap! So I moved it back up to about where I thought it was. I didn't have a good picture of where it was exactly, but I put it pretty close. And then I, I got the Allen wrenches out. It was that bolt that did the vertical up and down 
was loose, bad, like really loose. So now I know what happened. Um, anyway, I tighten that thing back up, kind of dial, dial it in a few shots here and there and get it close at 20 and work my way out to 40. And now like that thing is shooting, man, that bow is awesome. Mm. And that's, it's a little bit slower bow. Um, but at the end of the day, it shoots the arrows really accurately, really good. And come when it comes to whitetail, I think I'm just going to. I'm just going to stay with that, man. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I feel way more comfortable uh, in the draw cycle and in the back wall. Hold that, I hold that pin so much more steady than I do. You know, you talked about this. You, you shot a kind of a Matthews Ferrari for a while, too. Mm-hmm. And those bows that shoot fast, I mean, if you can get them shooting, they're awesome. But sometimes, man, the littlest things can just make, make those bows like – have a ton of torque or issues. And that one that, was a shorter axle to axle, which mm-hmm. a lot of speed bows are shorter, and that really makes it bad. I mean, it's just like, um, you know, it's if you have like a stick that's real big, right? It's harder to yeah. make that thing move. That's why you have a little balance stick. beam guys use yeah. or uh, the the tightrope guys mm-hmm. use a long stick. It's inertia, it, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anyway, that's. I think I'm just going to stay with that that bow. You know, I, I really don't like the fact that, like, it's going to increase my pin gap a little bit, but um, it's just it's shooting so well, and I'm just going to try to make 14-yard you know, shots. Man. I want to talk about pin gap. I know we're, we're, we're kind of getting close to the end of this thing, but uh, there's a thing that I learned, too, and I've always kind of been like, oh, I like my uh, bigger pin gap for the adjustable sight because I can actually see where the little marks are. Whenever you have a faster mm-hmm. arrow set up, your marks are real close. Oh, mine were super close. In the well, guess what? That's a good thing. Yeah. That means that your 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 marks are so tight that it doesn't matter if you're on 51 or 52. Yeah. Whereas if you're on, if they're pretty far apart, yeah. it matters, it makes a difference. I know, it does. <laughs> I never man. thought about it that way mm-hmm. until just recently. I'm like, oh, well, if they're tight, then that means it's not as imperative that you hit it right on the little button. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Mine were, I had basically a black line all the way down <laughs> with that shooting 303 or whatever I was shooting, you know. Um, but yeah, I, 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 that pin gap thing is a little bit bothersome because I know that there's that difference. And when you get out to like, I feel, I mean, I shot at, I shot at 80 the last two days really, really good with that bow, like tiny groups, you know, and, and surprising, surprisingly. And I'm just like, man. I probably uh, should stay with it, but it, it just does, like, when you get to 45 yards, if mm-hmm. you're going to shoot a deer at 45 yards, say you're on the ground, and he ends up being, you know, 52 or 40 or whatever, mm-hmm. it, it just it makes a difference, man. Mm-hmm. It's, it kind of hurts hurts to think about. But yeah. just maybe you just need to clear my mind and just know that, like, I'm going to do the best I can to get my ranges, ranges and make good shots. It's a new hunt, man. Yeah. Uh, one thing on that ranges thing, I think we can mess with our range finders. I was thinking about this, that a lot of times there's a setting, and in, in the hunt is not the time for me to do this. I just need to be focusing. But if we look, you probably have a, like, make it through the grass setting or mm-hmm. a bounce off of whatever it hits setting. Mm-hmm. And we might be able to kind of mess with that for some of the ground hunt stuff. I would love stuff. to have the through the grass through setting. Through the grass yeah. setting. Yeah. Yep. It's a thing. Yeah. Uh, I just oh, for sure. I kind of forgot about it until, like, day three. Yeah. And I was like, well, I ain't got time for this right now. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyways, yeah, well, also uh, another thing that helps on that stuff, too, is to 
uh, if you have uh, some pretty good a pretty good range finder, you can just hold down the range button and scan, and it'll just keep mm-hmm. and just do some circles. I started using that yeah. when you told me that because I was that night that I, I had them at fifty nine. <laughs> Casey was like, you know, you can just hold that down because I just you know started shaking real bad because I was like, man, I'm freaking out. I can't get my range. It's like 16, 16, 16. I'm like that thing is not sixteen yards. But uh, I started using that scan, and it was it was helpful to use, you know. So yep. another thing about, you know, pin gap, getting close and just having confidence, one way to get really close to deer uh, this year is to listen to the Rut Fresh oh. report, which is on the Wired to Hunt feed, or will be. It might have its own soon. feed, too. Okay. Where it is. Oh, okay. I don't know for sure. So we'll this, be seeing. We did this last year for Mark uh, on the Wired to Hunt podcast, but it's the Rutfresh Report. Every week, we give you a few different dudes from across the country that let you know in this state or this region or whatever these whitetail are doing these kind of things, man. And you can expect this in, in the next week or so. It's a good way to stay up to date in case you're going on a trip or you might want to go on a trip. Say you got some off time, you're a fireman next week, and you, or you're a fireman now, but you got off time next week. Maybe you you want to go. You know, because the rut's hitting or whatever. So uh, make sure you, you know, f- we're, we're going to make sure and report, or uh, not report, but uh, promote that for you whenever we figure out where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But you want to make sure you're you're listening to that. Uh, it's going to be a good time. We're going to, Casey and I are going to host it. So you don't have to worry about Mark, you know, uh, messing <laughs> things up for you. Uh, he says he wants to be on the first episode, and then we're going to, okay. we're going to make him uh, go away. So you always start so. about week two, you know. <laughs> uh, but no, it's, it's going to be a good time. We're going to do that for basically September all the way through the end of the year. So you can hear us uh, doing that kind of thing. And we'll, we'll make sure and get that all to you, the links or whatever you need if you, if you want to follow that. Also, we're going to do a uh, QA podcast again, like we did. We put one out a couple weeks ago, but it was a couple months ago. I think that we actually did this is a video Q and a podcast. So if you have a question and you send a video in to our email or our DMS on Instagram or whatever, however you can get like a vertical video of yourself going, Hey, I'm just wondering about hunting scrapes on October 7th in this area. Am I going to see daylight, you know, daylight movement or whatever. And then you just send that video into us. We'll put you on our video. So if you're watching here on YouTube, like it'll be like this, but we'll add you into the video. It's a pretty cool thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll answer all your questions. We love talking deer and we love answering questions because it makes us think outside of the box too. So yeah. extra points. <clears throat> if you send that to us on the X platform, which oh. formerly known as Twitter, Extra points. Extra points. That's right. <laughs> if, if you uh, send us your vertical video on that, there's a real good chance we use it. Yeah. Uh, so if you don't follow us over there on X, which is confusing, right? <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Tyler was texting me something about something on X last night, and I was like, what do you mean on X and I? No one's hunting an hour this year. What are you talking I about? I probably should keep calling it Twitter, maybe. Dude, but. I know. Uh, we were talking about it, and there's not a lot of intersection between Twitter users and on X users, <laughs> no. but we sit at that intersection, <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> so do. it gets confusing for us. <laughs> yeah. But if you are on that platform, send us a message, follow us on there. It's it's a it's a good spot to be. A lot of freedom over there. And if you like, sure um, if you like kill shots, which we do, um, not exclusively, but we like them. Yeah. Right. We, I mean, it's a big part of what we do. They, um, I, they if, let if you I put don't them see on a there. kill shot on a video, I'm commenting on that. Video. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> It'd be better if you could see the kill shot. <laughs> 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 Todd got a lot of that this past week. Yeah, uh, yeah. that's pretty funny. Listen, um, when you sell film, you don't get too many kill shots. Right. Sometimes Todd right. so. like killed five deer and didn't get none of the kill shots <laughs> on film that year. It's freaking killing them. That's all that matters. <laughs> but it's good. Um, mm. Anyways, appreciate y'all following along. Uh, 
in the uh, wrap-up, pretty much just don't hunt antelope with a bow. Just get your gun. <laughs> you and uh, remember, this is your element. Live in it. Market House has the cleanest, leanest, juiciest meat and seafood shipped to your home overnight. Expect the service of a local butcher and the convenience of a large supplier. Unlike many online butchers, you can grab just one meal's worth or lock in for a subscription box. Choose from grass-fed and grass-finished beef, American Wagyu, free-range poultry, grass-fed lamb, wild-caught king crab, seafood, and more. For 15% off your first order, use code COUNTRY at checkout. Just visit MarketHouse.com. That's M-A-R-K-E-T-H-O-U-S-E dot com. And use the code COUNTRY. You ever get that feeling the walls closing in, the concrete jungle suffocating you? You crave some wide open spaces, the chance to connect with nature, maybe in a spot all your own. Well, head over to Land.com. They've got ranches, forests, mountains, streams, you name it. Search by acreage. You can search by location. You can search by the kind of hunting and fishing you're dreaming of. Land.com. It is where the adventure begins.